Welcome. This is Pastor Danny with Word of Faith Family Church in beautiful Lander, Wyoming. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I pray you will be energized and strengthened as you listen to God's Word. So we've been doing our series, Why Bad Things Happen to Good People, and um, so uh, we're going to uh, get into that this a little bit. We've, we've, this is our, I believe, our third week now into this, but we're going to kind of go, go back and refresh a few things on this. Um, and, you know, we, we talked uh, last week, actually the week before, and then last week some too, and we'll kind of hit on a few more of those this week. And that it's not, you, you know, it's really easy to be, to say, well, this is exactly why. But we know that through Scripture, it shows us that there's a lot of th- things that take place that can affect um, uh, bad things happening and coming. We know, number one, that bad things does not come from uh, our, our Heavenly Father. Turn your Bibles, if you would, to, in your Bibles, if you would, to, uh, to James, the first chapter. And um, this is kind of our, this is our, 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 our you know, launching scripture here that we talk about. James 1.17 says this, every, everybody say every. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from where? From above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. We know that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. He doesn't change. Like I talked about before, God doesn't get up one day and, oh, it's the wrong side of the bed. No, God, you know what to expect from God. He's the same. He doesn't change. And this scripture talks about every good. Now, how much is every? It's every, isn't it? Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down for the Father of lights, in whom is no variable, no changeability, and so we know that uh, the scripture doesn't lie, but yet how come so many people have given God a bad rap? Well, you know, God created, caused this, and they caused that, and, and well, this happened because we don't know why, but, and, and that's from a lack of knowing of the word of God. When you know your father God, you know he's a good God. He doesn't bring bad things. He's a good father. And we'll get into a little bit of that. Well, where's the bad things come from? Well, we know we talked about uh, in, 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 in past sessions, we talked about the, the fall that happened when the curse came upon the earth, when God uh, um, uh, put a covenant in the hands of mankind, a, an agreement upon the earth, placed man in the garden to guard and to keep it. Well, did mankind do that? No, they didn't. So what happened? Man disobeyed God and obeyed Satan. And in doing that, the, the, the lease that God gave mankind on the earth, in the garden to begin with, mankind, by his disobedience to God and obedience to Satan, handed that lease that God had given mankind over to the enemy in that one act. And when that happened, obviously what happened, the Bible says that if, uh, that Adam was told, if you eat of this fruit of this day, you'll surely die. Now we know physically that they didn't die, 
But death that the scripture talks about is separation from God. Did man die that day? Absolutely. Man was separated from God. It was a sad day. Man was cut off from God. So much so to the extent that, uh, um, that they were basically locked out of the garden because of their disobedience, because what happened, the curse now came upon the earth. From that day, even until right now, the Bible says Satan is the God of this world. He doesn't own it, but he has the lease on it. And when Satan has the lease on this earth, we see around us the effects of that curse every day. We see the dying, we see the death, we see the, the destruction, we see the darkness that's upon the earth. And um, in the middle of that, praise God, God looked out and said, that's mankind that I created and I love very much. And he began a plan. What was that plan? To redeem mankind back to himself again. And so Jesus, it, it was going to have to be, there's going to have to be a shedding of blood. There's going to have to be a sacrifice, a pure sacrifice that was, that was slain, that was given, that was offered up. Jesus uh, volunteered to be that one, walked was born legally. Now, I want you, when I say that word legally, I want you, that's a, it's a key word. Jesus was born legally on the earth. He came through the form of human, humanity, was born upon this earth and walked 33 years upon the face of the earth without sinning, without disobeying his father. He stayed true to the call. And by doing that was what was able to be offered up as the sacrifice once and for all. We talked about how that, um, you know, the sacrifice that was done prior to that was, uh, was when something, when someone would sin, when something, mankind would mess up. There had to be bloodshed. There were sacrifices that was done. And, and that, that uh, those sacrifices covered sin, but it never blotted it out. There's a difference. And we see that the blood of Jesus completely blotted out sin, completely done away, broke the power of sin, thank God. Amen. And so when, when that took place, now mankind could receive of the work that was done that Jesus did for him. We also talked about, if you recall, that God made each of us with a will to choose. He didn't make us robots. He made us as free will agents. Choices. God won't, he can't, and he won't override our choices. If he did, he would be illegal. Everybody say illegal. We talked about the legality side. The illegal. God is a legal God. He does things. The one when he sets something in motion in a certain way, he don't violate that. And so with mankind, because and we can see this very easy. In the, in the choices man makes because if it was God's choice every human being on planet earth would go to heaven God would save him he would, but he can't do that it's up to us to choose the Bible says it's not God's will that any should perish but that all should come to everlasting life amen and so it's, it's God's will but it takes our choice to say that's why the only difference between someone spending eternity in heaven or spending eternity in hell is, is, is to have their heart changed by simply crying out 
to Jesus and saying, I need you in my life. Come and live on the inside. With that act of that person's will, their heart is changed forever, praise God, and their destiny. So we see that the choice of man plays a very important role. It's a very powerful role in mankind. Today, we still make choices. We know that we are at today by the choices that we made yesterday. We'll be tomorrow by the choices that we make today. So as I've said before, if we want our tomorrows to look different than our todays, we've got to begin today making different choices than we made yesterday. Hallelujah. And in doing that, we begin to make wise choices in things. And so we know that a lot of times things happen in our life because of the choices that we've made. We talked about that last week. Many times we make choices and get ourselves into predicaments and into positions and things happen because of the poor choices we made and we suffer the consequences. I've even heard people blame God for those things. He had nothing to do with it. You and I have much to do with it on the choices that we make. So it's important that we depend upon God's leadership and his wisdom so that we make the right choices. Amen. All right, and so... Thank God for the blood of Jesus. So a person that's born into this world, we've talked about this, a person that's born into this world is born into a world of sin. If left go throughout all uh, of, of, that, of the time on planet earth, that default setting of, of sin, the default setting of that person ultimately ended up to hell. God's not condemning them to hell. They're being, we're we were born into a world with a curse. We're born into that darkness. We're born into a world that Satan has the lease on. To get out of that takes an act of our will to say, Jesus, I need you. I need you to come into my life and I need you to change things into my life. And in that act, and I guarantee you, I've said this many times before, I can tell you the Father and Jesus wants us to accept him and the work that he done more than we do ourselves. Because he loves mankind. The Father loves mankind very, very much. And so, thank God that that default setting can be changed by an act of our will, our choosing. Simple as that. So we see that that plays a very important role in accepting Jesus. And, and, and the thing about it is, though, it covers every arena of our life here on this planet Earth of everything that we do, our choices that we make. How many times have we ever told our, our, our children, you know, just always encourage them, make sure you write, make the right choices here. Don't, do, don't, don't make the wrong choices. It's important. Take some time. Put some thought into it. Use Exercise wisdom here. Make the right choices, right? Because we know that those choices not only can affect us, but it can affect our children, our children's children, it can affect those around us in the workplace or wherever it may be, your friends, family, whoever. And so choices are very, very important. If, it's a, if our choices are important enough that it affects our eternity, it definitely affects things here on planet Earth. And so we know we read John 10.10. 10. Everybody knows that scripture, for the thief comes for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But he says, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So I like to do it this way. I like to take on this side, we have stealing, killing, and destroying. And over here we have life and life more abundantly. Well, guess what? It don't take a rocket scientist to figure out 
which is which, that there is a vast difference between the two. We know that, any, that, that the enemy is in the business of stealing, killing, and destroying. We know that God's in the business of life, giving life, and life more abundantly. And so when we look at something, it shouldn't, it shouldn't uh, take that we have to be, uh, you know, at the top of the smart list to figure out is it, which category is it under. Well, you know, I, you know I, God, God, I don't know why, but I know God put this on me or brought this on me. Well, what category is it under? His category is it under the enemies. Come on now. And that's why I said many people have blamed God, and many of, much of it's been ignorance or lack of, and the word ignorance is unlearned, unknowing concerning that, because they don't know who their enemy is. And uh, I talked about last week, I said, one thing you better find out real quick, especially if you've ever served time in the military, who your friend and who the foe is. You better find out who's on your side and who's not. I, get, I can guarantee the enemy is not on your side. If you're a born-again believer, if you're following after God, I can tell you, you got a, you've got a bullseye on you. And the enemy does not want you to succeed because when you succeed, God succeeds because he is living through us, wants to live through us in our life. So it's very important to know that uh, those choices and things that we do, we make and we can look at them uh, before time and say, well, which category does it fall under? So I want us to turn, I want us to begin to look at, uh, well, we're going to go there a little bit, Deuteronomy 28. But before we go there, I want to talk about the result of the fall is they died spiritually. They were separated from God, right? The curse came upon the earth and upon mankind during that time and still in place today. But even though it is, praise God, and, and, and this is something else we talked about, just real quickly to reiterate why our choices by our asking God is so important to work concerning our lives. We know that the Bible says that God knows even before we ask what we have need of. So if that's the case, why should we ask? Why do we have to ask? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because I'm going to answer that. We, because God, again, needs our permission. He needs our will, our choice, our chooser in an earth that the Satan has the lease on to say, God, I'm asking you to work in this situation. When we do that, we have a legal, everybody say legal. We have a legal right to be here on planet earth, right? We're born legally. We, we walk here on this earth as a human and uh, as humanity here on this earth. And when we say, God, I'm asking you to work here in my family, guess what? The enemy can't do anything about it. He has to stand back because we as legal citizens have a legal right to ask God and God has a legal right to move on our behalf because we're legally here on planet earth. And God is legally moving through us to work in that situation. It's why he needs us to ask. Because it's so important that our will now has engaged and we're saying, God, this is my choosing. I'm choosing for you to come into my life, into my family's life, into this situation, my business or whatever, and have your way here. And God moves on that, can work within that, and the enemy can't do anything about it, praise God. So we can see how powerful our cho choices are, and especially how powerful it is to ask. He said that if you ask, you'll receive, praise God. All right? 
So we know that the, when the curse came upon the earth and upon mankind, the separation, the sorrow, the sick, sickness, heaviness, the labor, the, the sin, the fear, and etc., all came with that fall, with that curse. And so we look on the cross. What did Jesus do on the cross? His blood was shed for mankind, so his power was the, his blood, the power's in the blood, and as his blood was shed, the power of sin was broken. And guess what? When we accept Jesus, that blood flow comes into our lives. We have access to the blood. Three things that Jesus gave us when he died, buried, and was resurrected again. One is his blood, the redeeming aspect, the protecting aspect, everything that his blood stands for. Secondly, he gave us his name. Everybody say his name. We sang about the name of Jesus here today. Thank God there's power in that name. And number three, he gave us his word. His word, Jesus and his word are one, right? John says that, John 1, 1. Jesus was the word made flesh and dwelt among us, praise God. The word, as we look into the word of God, we are, the Bible says, as we're looking into that image, we're changed into that same image day by day. And so the image of that word, it's life, and we begin to put that life on or put that word in, and it begins to change us and change every aspect about us. Hallelujah. You may look in the mirror and not like who you see looking back at you. Spend time in the word of God, and who's looking back at you begins to look differently. So that means there's hope for all of us. Amen? Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, there's hope for you. <laughs> so thank God for the word that's been giving, given us so his blood, his name and his word so we, through those things we have victory over the enemy Jesus got that victory and gave it to you and I, the church he loves us so much and so that's why there's nothing more the enemy would love to do than to get you and I talking down on ourselves and say, oh, look at me, I'm just an old worm. I just can't do anything. I'm just lowly. Oh, I'm just... Stop it. The Word of God says you and I have been made kings and priests unto him. Amen. Royalty, praise God. God holds mankind in very high esteem. So much so that even the angels we see in Scripture that the angels looked at mankind and said, God, what is this man, this created being, this redeemed person that, that, that uh, is here that it, you may create just a little lower than yourself? The word there is angels. But when you go back to the original, you'll find out it's the word Elohim, which is God himself. The scripture said the angels are looking on and saying, what is this man, this creature that you created, that you created him just a little lower than yourself? You love him so much. God loves us and has a great plan for our lives. And he wants the very best for us. Hallelujah. That's why the enemy despises what you and I do when we, when we begin to do things for uh, for, for the Lord and begin to work and begin to, to, to work in, in our lives. I, I'm telling you, God loves us, praise God. 
God before us, who can be against us? Glory to God. So here's this fallen earth, bad things happening in the world around us, but in the midst of it, Jesus died, was buried, rose again. One of the things that he took on the cross, on the tree, the Bible says, First uh, Peter 2.24 and Isaiah 53.5, for he himself bore our sickness and diseases in his own body on the tree, being dead to sins, we should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we were healed, praise God. So we know that healing is a promise to us from the Father. It's one thing that was defeated on the cross. Do we still have to deal with it today? The sickness still in the earth? Absolutely, because we live in a fallen world. Does it have a victory or authority over us? No, it does not. When you and I begin to learn that we have authority over that, we can begin to stand against it. Now, just because we learn our authority doesn't mean we just snap our fingers and that's all gone. We have to grow in our faith, our walk, to know, God, you didn't bring this. You didn't bring this along. You didn't bring this sickness along. Maybe it's not sickness. What about poverty? How many of you know that poverty is under the curse of the law? The Bible says that Jesus was made poor so that we could be made rich. And that word rich has much more to do with it than finances. I tell people I'm a very wealthy man. I'm very rich. God has blessed me abundantly. My family, my friends, the relationship. But it's not something I just stepped into right away. Every day I'm growing more. We're all growing in those things. Jesus said he was made sick so that we could be made whole. Praise God. The, the, the word uh, shalom is the word peace, but it comes from the word wholeness. You walk in the peace of God because you're made whole. Hallelujah. And so uh, two of the things that Jesus uh, bought and paid for. How many of you know that bought, he bought and paid for any kind of uh, uh, oppression or depression, anything that would control us? Yeah, um, uh, in our life. Jesus took that on the cross. And I've said many times before, why should we live with something that Jesus died for? Come on now. He did it for us because he loves us. Now that being said, how many of you know there's still people in this world today that pass away? They might be uh, believing God for their healing. Some people run out of time. Some people simply run out of time. Their bodies, they begin to find out who they are in Christ. They begin to find out their authority that God's given them over that, that they don't have to tolerate that. But how many of you know that there has to be, the faith has to be risen in our heart to be able to stand against that? I don't want to say it's a lack of faith. A lot of people, they seem to get off on really, well, let's see, did that person have enough faith or they didn't? Just stop. There's a lot of times there are things, and we, we talked about some different things that could be uh, some of those blockers in our life. Like I said, we live in a fallen world. There's things that, that happen here. But regardless, if you notice, Jesus talked about, he said, that your soul, that no man can take your soul unless you lay it down. The soul of him. Jesus himself, that's why we saw, saw him on the cross. He, says, he said, when they come, they told him, uh, you know, they're going to kill him. He says, no man takes my life except I lay it down. And so we see that 
that there's authority over sickness, authority over death, authority. And the thing about it is, you know, Paul even addressed that when he talked about the difference between going on or staying here on earth. And he just made it almost as nonchalantly as you could possibly see because he said, well, let's see, it's kind of in the paraphrase, it kind of be something like this. Should I stay or should I go? You know, I would rather just go on. But for your sakes, I guess I'll stay. It's more needful to stay. Hallelujah. And so we begin to see that when you, you take a person like that, then death has no victory over him, praise God. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen, I've been in hospitals or I've been with people that have been, uh, you know, sick and, and, and very bad off, but they were actually gaining ground. They were standing, standing with their faith, standing against it, that just slowly, gradually getting better. And seeing people that caught a glimpse of glory. Brother, I'm telling you, you catch a glimpse of glory, you ain't staying here. It's as simple as that. You ever catch a glimpse of glory, even especially, if, you know, people, if they've been on their deathbed, especially too, seeing the glory, and it's like, uh, don't keep me here. I'm out of here. Hallelujah. The Bible talks about how we got it all wrong, that we should cry when one is born into the world and rejoice when one goes home. Praise God. So when you satisfy that, you realize that death has no control over you. That's no big deal. Don't weep on my behalf. Praise God, because I'll be rejoicing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Free, free at last. Glory to God. But the important thing is, is to know that we've been placed here on planet Earth for a job. And it's important that we don't leave until our race is won. It's run. And so uh, we're not here just to suck up air and take up space. We're here to do what needs to be done, to t touch people's lives, to reach people. It's not about just our business, what can I do here, what can I do there. It's about others. It's about, about affecting others' lives. Hallelujah. I know when my mom, mama passed away, went on to glory, and had a conversation with her, but surely it wasn't too long. We were up in Ohio, and uh, just not very long before she passed on, she was actually doing pretty well, doing pretty good. And she says, I'm just ready to go home. I said, well, Mom, don't push it, you know, whatever. She said, no, I believe I've done everything that the Lord wanted me to do, and I'm just ready to go home. She sat down in her chair and checked out. Just went on to glory. She had a life alert around her neck. She didn't push it. She's gone. <laughs> I said, no, I like that. That's the way I want to go, praise God. Amen. O oh, death, where is thy victory? O oh, grave, where is thy sting? Well, why are we talking about that here this morning? Because it has to do with where we're at in this life. When you realize that the worst thing somebody could do to you is, is kill you or something like that, you say, that's nothing. I know where I'm going to be in that next time. I'm ready to move on because all of us are going to move into that anyway. Amen? But you settle that first 
and then it can't never be the enemy can't hold that over your head. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's no fear in death. That's exactly right. But anyway, I don't want to spend a lot of time there. I just wanted to touch on that a little bit. That in this world, sometimes people run out of time when they're believing God for things and whatnot in their faith, and that's that's between them and God. If they want to go on, praise God. Don't ever judge somebody, and don't ever try to figure out, well, you know, they had a lack of faith, or or this was happening or that happened. Just stop it. You don't know what was going on in their lives. Hallelujah. Now, I'll tell you something else, that there's a, a, that's a decision that some people have made that's took them to the grave, and that's called unforgiveness. Well, Pastor, you could have done good until you started meddling there. <laughs> Unforgiveness is a weapon that the enemy will use um, in so many bad ways. Uh, I remember years ago, this was, uh, 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 this must have been in about 79, I went to... Uh, a gentleman, I got called to go to a, uh, pray for a gentleman. Uh, this was in Oklahoma, up in his room. And uh, he was basically on his deathbed in the hospital. And they pretty much gave him up to die. He wasn't going to make it. And I went in and, and, and talked talk to him. And, and uh, you know, I seemed fine. He said, well, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. And uh, it was like, you know, many people had been there praying for him, and, you know, he, he wasn't raised up. It was like, what, you know, it wasn't getting any better. It was just getting worse. And uh, I talked to the Lord about it. Lord, what, what, what's going on there? And I just felt really impressed. Just spend, when you go to pray for him, don't pray in your natural English. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in tongues over him. Pray pray because the Bible says he that prays in an unknown tongue prays unto God. His understanding is unfruitful but the Spirit of God knows exactly. So it's the Spirit of God praying through you. When you don't know how to pray as you ought, the Bible says you pray in the Spirit. And so when I, I went up to the hospital, I remember going up to the hospital that evening and I spent a good hour up there with him and the majority of the time well, I just laid hands on him. I just prayed in, in, in the Spirit, prayed in tongues over him, just prayed in the Spirit. And uh, I left that night, and uh, the next day, I stopped by to go back up and see him. When I went up to see him, he was sitting up on the edge of the bed waiting for his discharge papers. And I went, whoa. I said, what happened to you? He said, Sit down, this might take a little while. So he and his brother, I believe it was his brother, were odds against each other and had been for many, many years. And his brother called him and they made amends. When he offered forgiveness and they prayed for each other, God raised him up right there, right in the hospital room. I didn't know he had unforgiveness against somebody, but the Spirit of God did. When you pray in the Spirit, the Spirit of God can pray the perfect will of God through you 
and do what he needs to do. Hallelujah. And somehow the Spirit of God got his attention through that and, and, and began to set the wheels in motion and that unforgiveness came in, praise God, and the Lord raised him up. Hallelujah. I left, lost touch with him after that. I don't know how long he lived, but the doctors were just amazed. They couldn't believe it. They had pretty well said, you know, you're, you're on your way out. And it turned 180 degrees. Unforgiveness, folks, can kill you. I said unforgiveness can kill you. It's a tool that the enemy can use. And so one of the big keys in our life, even though we live in, a, in, a, in an earth with a curse on it, is that we choose to live where the, the enemy can't touch us. Hallelujah. The oppression, depression, sickness, dying, everything around us, but we make a choice to live outside of that, praise God, in the love of God, in the goodness of God. Amen. So many things, uh, I mean, there's, uh, um, you know, like I said, there's a, lot, a lot of times there's things in people's lives that people don't realize um, that's holding them back or that's keeping them. Maybe it's something that the Spirit of God has spoke to your heart about doing and you've, dis you've disobeyed. You've said, no, I don't want to do that. And it's been a blessing blocker maybe in your life. Well, if it is, just say, Lord, I'm sorry, I'll repent of that. Praise God. And he'll help you with it. Amen? Have you found Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter? We know in Deuteronomy 28 that uh, in the very beginning of Deuteronomy 28, but begins by saying, if you will observe to do all these commandments which I command thee this day, that was the Lord God speaking, all these blessings will come on you and overtake you. And he begins to talk about being blessed in the basket, blessed in the field, blessed in the store, blessed in your going out, blessed in your coming in, fruit of your ground, the fruit of your, your, your offspring, and so on and so forth. We just declare those blessings when we go shopping. Thank you, Lord. You said we'd be blessed in the store and the blessed in the basket. Praise God. We go out and it's amazing how many deals God will lead you right into. Praise God. Hallelujah. I've seen it. I know. I guarantee you. My wife, she's big with that. Praise God. You bet. We're going shopping. Praise God. Thank God for God's promise to us. But how many of you know that then uh, down the road a little bit here in verse 14 it begins to change? from the blessing into the curses. Verse 14 says, So you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right hand or the left to go after other gods to serve them. But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. So many people think when they read that, well, you know, the curses, God's going to curse you for it. No, God don't have the curse in him to curse you with. He's not in the cursing business. The curse is not in him. But what happens if you go and begin to study this, you find out that it has to do with the passive part of it. It's that he pulls back from because we haven't chosen to obey God. It's just like the choice that Adam and Eve made in the garden and that God has to pull back. God didn't curse, bring the curse upon the earth in the garden. Mankind did by their, their disobedience to God. God didn't bring it in. God had to pull, that, pull back, and in doing so, then the, the enemy came in. That's what happens in our lives, the difference between the blessing and the curse. 
When we do things when we obey uh, uh, the enemy over God or our flesh and not obey God concerning something, he has to pull back because, again, he's a legal God. We make a choice to do something that's not right. God pulls back, and then what happens? Then the enemy can come in. The enemy can come in. Hallelujah. We can see that in Job's life. What happened? The Bible says there was a hole in the fence. He pulled, God couldn't do, he said that which I've greatly feared has come upon me. He got into fear over faith and allowed the enemy to bring curses, to bring problems in. Well, God doesn't want that in our life, but he can't, he can't overreach his bounds. He can't do something that we've made a choice to do, to go a certain direction. He will not cross our choice on that. He loves us and he's made us free will agents. Praise God. And so the enemy will bring the curses in. You can see that as you begin to read. And you go back to the original text, you can see the passive thought of that. That it's this is as, as, as God saying, that's not what I desire in your life, but you've made the choice. So, you know, it's kind of like we see that in... Uh, we see that in, uh, in some of the Old Testament scripture. We see some of the, the kings that um, God let people have because they said, no, we want this king. God even spoke to them ahead of time and says, I'm telling you right now, you don't want him. And they said, no, no, we want this king, we want this king. And they served under the hardship of that king because it was their choice. You want to make a choice, and God says, no, don't do that. You go against that, guess what? You'll have it, but it won't be pleasant. That's why it's important to listen and obey, praise God. God knows and can save us a whole lot of grief, praise God. All right, he says, cursed shall you be in the city. Cursed shall be in the country. Cursed shall be the basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your land, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Cursed shall be when you come in. Cursed shall be when you go out. And so, you know, he goes all through these, all through a lot of these uh, different things that's, that comes on and takes place when, when the curses come on. But that's not God's desire. That's not God's best in our life, is it? God doesn't want those things in our life. But when we make choices to do something, God's not going to override our choices. So have you got the point yet? It's very important that we make right choices. Amen. I said it's very important that we make the right choices. God won't override that. Praise God. So we see many things that uh, in Scripture we talk about that, that, uh, uh, that the enemy sometimes come in, but we're learning, praise God. Amen. We're learning to begin to make better choices. Hallelujah. Curse does not come from God. It's not in him. I said it's not in him. Why would he turn around and curse something that he's blessed? He don't, it, 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 no. You won't find that in Scripture. And then he also says in Scripture, who can curse what the Lord has blessed? Hallelujah. In other words, God's bigger than all that, but it's important that we make the right choices to let him work and operate in our life. 
A lot of times people think, well, you know, I must have done something bad that the curse come in or, I, or, or, or you know, that this problem, well, Jesus addressed that. They said, they said who sinned to this one? Was his parents sin? He said, no. He said, this was done that the Lord might be glorified. What, what's that scripture saying? Glorified in the restoration of him. When you begin to look at it, you see he's talking about the Lord was glorified when he was raised up, praise God, which he was. He wasn't made sick so that he could be, uh, the Lord could be glorified because the sickness didn't come from him. And so when you begin to find out how, God, how much God loves us and has a good plan for our life and desires to see the blessing of the Lord upon our lives, then, it, then we begin to get in line with and say, yeah, just have your way, praise God. Just have your way in here. Hallelujah. Amen. Sin's power, sin's dominion, darkness is broken over our life. Satan can't control you. He has no place controlling or manipulating you and I in our life. So we stand up and say, no, you don't, devil. Not over my family, not over my children. And you bless them, praise God. You know, the, uh, Pastor Nancy went to a, a Shabbat uh, meal uh, dinner over there uh, in Israel and of course I went when I was there and also went was honored to go to the one in in Jackson with the rabbi uh, doing it there invited us into his home and, and did it and one thing that they always do is they bless the father blesses their children they'll take them and they'll speak blessings over them they kiss them and say the Lord bless you keep you we need to do that amen I tell you, the spirit of the world behind is in the business of trying to curse your children. Just come against us and say, no, you don't. Not in this household, praise God. My children are blessed of the Lord. Amen. Amen. We've always tried to be faithful about that, speaking blessings over our children. Many, many people, sadly, they, they curse their children. They look down and, well, you can't never do anything right. Well, that, my dad did that growing up. And, uh, but praise God, when I got born again, I learned I don't have to live under that. Amen. Begin to receive the Lord's blessing. So I certainly wasn't going to curse my children. You and I can bless our children, praise God. Be a blessing to them. Amen. I said, be a blessing to them. Don't, don't, don't be cursing and tell you, you can't do nothing right, you can't do this right, or anybody for that matter power of the tongue the Bible talks about death and life are in the power of the tongue choose life we can just as well speak blessings over someone as we can curses right remember what mama said if you can't say something good don't say nothing at all praise God so thank God that the enemy has no authority over us and I think that's one of the biggest things that we've talked about that, you know, around here. Many of you have come up and said, man, one of the greatest things that, that I've learned. And I know, Annie, you're one of them that has said that, you know, can attest to that. She said, one of the greatest things I learned is, is my authority in Christ Jesus, praise God, that he's given me. To walk here on this earth and walk in the blessings and not under the curse. Thank God we can do that. Amen? I said, thank God we can do that, praise God. All right, try to get to a place where I can wrap this up here. Hallelujah. Uh, 
So the results of the fall is they died spiritually, uh, separated from God. The curse came upon the earth and upon mankind. All this separation of sorrow, sickness, and fear, and labor, man, all came under that fall. Um, and and then, uh, then we talked a little bit about unforgiveness. Uh, we could just say open doors, things that open doors to the curse or to the enemy to be in our life. Unforgiveness, one of them. Just simply treating people wrongly. You know, we need to act like Jesus, praise God. Not act like the enemy, act like Satan, act like God, praise God. Treating people wrongly, sowing bad seeds. You know, we, we touched on that just a little bit, but how many of you know when you plant seeds, you're going to receive a harvest? You know, if you, you treat people wrong, you do things that's not right, guess what? There's a harvest that comes with it. I don't know why this has always happened to me. I'm telling you, I have talked with people, I've counseled with people, set them down in my office, and they start telling me all these stories about how all this bad stuff has happened to them. I said, what have you been doing? <laughs> what, what, what? And then they act all innocent. It's not, no, dude. That's a harvest on some seeds you've been sowing somewhere along the line. That doesn't just happen. Well, you know, it's always the other person that's got the problem. Oh, no, no. Because what you sow, you'll reap, praise God. That's a principle that's always going to remain as long as the earth remains, the Bible says, seed time and harvest. Say seed time and harvest. Sowing a seed and reaping a harvest. You can't sow bad seed and get a good, good harvest, good crop. It don't work that way. Hallelujah. Say amen or owe me. Praise God. It's true, you know. And when you begin to be, be minded, and like I've said before, to me, it's always been pretty easy to be minded like that because I was born and raised on a farm. Up in Ohio, I was born and raised there. We planted that's what we did. We, 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 we sowed, we planted the harvest. We or planted, planted the seeds. And, and, you know, that's how we, as farmers, that's how we, you know, uh, survived. That's how we thrived. That's how, you know, off the harvest of that. Well, uh, if you plant bad seeds, you're going to get a bad harvest. So we was always on the lookout for the best seeds we could get. Whenever, this was before the time of hybrid seed you know hybrid seed is one that you know when you receive your get your harvest you can't replant it because the seed's sterile it won't it won't reproduce and so we never used hybrid seed uh jonathan turn to cool down just a little bit please getting a little chilly um so we would always when we had our our, our harvest we would separate out, would find a section of the fields that had the best, some of the best harvest on it, and we kept those seeds out to replant. Because what are we interested in doing? The best harvest we can get. So what if we just did that in our lives? Take note of the seeds that we're planting. We're going to plant some good seeds so we can have good harvest, right? Well, it takes a little bit of diligence in there. And so, all right, uh, you know, how about sowing seeds of worry? Oh, just worry. Well, guess what? Worry is the opposite of faith. So it'll negate what the Spirit of God wants to do in our life. Ever seen somebody that's a professional worrier? 
Don't you just love to be around somebody like that? Not hardly. So now if they had that much confidence in God that they had in the problems and the negative, where would they be? I, I, just, I, just, I just pray there's nobody here like that. Praise God. If it is, just stop it. <laughs> Amen. I mean, you know, you hear people, oh, you know, what happens when something doesn't work a certain way or something? Mamas, you know, your, your, your child's not home when they should be, and next thing you know, thoughts, evil thoughts begin to come. Next, here in a little bit, you got them in your mind. There's, they're laid out all bloody someplace in a ditch someplace, dead or half dead. Just stop it. Those thoughts begin to come say, no, I refuse to worry. Praise God, we prayed over them, pled the blood of Jesus before they left. They're going to be fine. Then you start being productive. Don't lend your mind, your thoughts to the enemy. And so these are open doors we're talking about here. All right, just a couple more things here. We'll close. Hallelujah. Jesus destroyed the power of Satan, sin, and bondage and gave us the power over the enemy. When he raised again from the dead, what did he say? All power is given unto me, now I give it to you, the church. Praise God. Don't let the enemy run a rough shot over you. You live in a fallen world, he thinks he's the boss here. No, you have a right to stand up and say, the greater one lives in me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Ephesians 1, uh, 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom, and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, and what is the riches of his glory and his inheritance in the saints. I was just reading this the other day to somebody, and I told him, I said, I'm going to read this to you. I'm going to put your name in there. I'm going to make it personal. And you can do this for yourself. Put your name in there. Amen. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him in his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power, might and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. He's put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Chapter 2, verse 1, that he made, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air and the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh and fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as others. But God, everybody say, but God. Hallelujah, I like that. But God, who is rich in mercy, in mercy because of his great love wherein which he hath loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. He seated us with him to rule and to reign, not to be ruled over by the enemy. Praise God. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Thank God we don't have to put up with the enemy's shenanigans in our lives or in our family. We begin to learn who we are in Christ, praise God. We begin to learn who the thief is that steals and kills and destroys. But he says, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Aren't you thankful for that? 
Abundant life. What is that? Life to the fullest. Good life, praise God. Not bad life, good life. Like I said before, I like it. When you go through, through Nebraska, welcome to the good life. It says on their sign right there. Well, God, God wants you and I to live in his goodness because he's a good, good God. Praise God. He loves us and cares for us. Amen? Aren't you thankful that he does? Thank you, Lord. So, regardless of where your life has taken you to this point, it's real easy. The enemy begins to, will begin to lie. He's the father of lies. Can't get into your spirit, but he can put thoughts in your mind. So what do you do? The Bible talks about taking authority, locking those thoughts up and casting them down. But the enemy will come in with thoughts like, well, you know, you'll never, never do any good. You'll never, this is the way it'll always be. I told you about the time I was off work for about a year and a half, and, or, or a year, as I guess it was about a year down in Oklahoma when the oil boom would bust down there. And things were really tough. And uh, back in the early, the mid-80s, and... Uh, I remember the enemy just lying, just having thoughts come. Oh, you'll never, you'll ne never make money like you used to make. You'll, you'll always be in lack now. There's not, and, and and I had to cast those thoughts down, because I knew they wasn't from God. I said, No, I refuse that in Jesus' name. And I told you the story about how on January one of that year, I got a phone call from somebody and uh, wanted me to come to work. And for a, over a year, I worked prevailing wage jobs, which if you don't know what prevailing wage, Davis-Bacon jobs, about time and a half. And every job I went to was worked overtime. I tell you what, the money come rolling in just more than it had ever come in. And God proved himself. I really saw on that the lies of the enemy was trying to, I said, no. And, and I came out of that hole so quick. We came out of that hole so quick. The blessing of the Lord, praise God. God provided all that. And in my life, many times I've seen his blessing, you know, on our family over and time and time again and on our children, what God's done in their lives. I mean, you see Michael and Kendra, Pastor Michael and Kendra here, how God's blessed them and, and uh, in their life because they choose to follow after God. And make good choices, praise God. And my desire is that all of our kids are further along than what we ever were. Because, you know, we try to do our best to sow the right seeds in them, but they still have to do something with it. And so, so now it's a joy to watch all of our children, all of our boys and their families, praise God. God's just blessing them. We can't keep up with all the blessings that God's doing in their lives. It's because of choices they made. Thank God they did. Thank God they chose to do that. If you've got family members, if you've got uh, children, if you've got, I mean, just declare the blessing of the Lord over them and teach them the importance of sowing right seed and putting God first in their lives. And God will do things and take them places that they'll never get there on their own. I know. Trust me. Amen. God's good. He loves you and I. Remember, you're valuable and you're precious. 
You're special and you're important to God. I said, you're valuable and you're precious. You're special and you're important to God. Hallelujah. I want to say this. God's a restoring God. God's in the business of restoring. There might be some things in your life that you need restored. And God will do that if you trust him for it. And, of course, the enemy will come along and say, no, that will never happen. Shut up, devil. Get under my feet where you belong. My God's bigger than that. He loves me more than that. Praise God. Father, I just pray over this congregation right now in the name of Jesus. Regardless, Father, different people are at different stages and different places in their life with you. Lord, you're so good at meeting us where we're at. We don't have to rise up and be some super spiritual person. No, because you're, Lord, in the business of blessing relationships, not religion. Lord, I just ask right now that you just show yourself big to every person here today, your goodness, Lord. Those things that the enemy has tried to steal from them, we come against them in the name of Jesus. They have no place. Father, for your plans for our lives are only good. And Lord, we just thank you for things beginning to change in people's lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's been a joy having you with us today. We pray you've been blessed by spending the time in God's Word. Always remember, you're valuable and precious, special and important to Him.